Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Good morning and welcome to Blue Ridge Church, y'all. Thanks so much for being here with us. For those of you in person, those streaming online, we truly are glad that you're here, especially if it's your first time. Don't worry, we're not going to do anything crazy. We're not going to ask you to introduce yourself or, you know, embarrass you anyway. We just really, truly are glad that you've joined us this morning. Um, I know in the welcome video we showed you, like, you can download the app and scan that QR code, but we only leave it out there for a couple seconds, so I know it might be a little harder to, to access if you maybe came in a little late. So we're going to throw it on the screens here. If you just scan that with your phone, you, you get access to the notes for our talk today for really anything that you need to help you connect with us at Blue Ridge Church, and it'll really help you in all different ways. So you can go ahead and scan that and follow along today. But we've been going through this series called Cloud Nine, and we're talking about joy and happiness. And so what we've been doing is going through the book of Philippians, which is a letter that was written to the, the church in Philippi, uh, really, Paul, you know, writing to them and talking a lot about joy. And so what we've done over the last couple of weeks is talked about certain changes that we can make in our lives to uh, be more joyful and be happier as we go along and really try to figure this whole thing out in life, but doing it God's way. Uh, but we've also looked at some of the barriers and roadblocks to happiness that many of us have experienced in and throughout our lives. We've talked about uh, unhealthy relationships and how that really prevents a lot of joy and happiness in life. We've talked about unresolved conflict. We've talked about the, the, really the direction of our lives. You know, sometimes we go throughout life and we just make it all about ourselves and our own interests, and we forget that life is much bigger than just ourselves. And so that really inhibits a lot of joy and happiness as well. Um, but we've, we've done all this to really hope and help guide us along this path that all of us are on to find true joy and happiness the way that God designed us to be. So this morning, what we're going to do is continue right in that. We're going to pick up right where Scott left off last week, and we're going to talk about something that every single one of us, at some level, we struggle with, and it gets in the way of happiness. We're going to talk about stress, and we're going to talk about worry. Yippee, right? <laughs> no, but, but something that, that's really hard for a lot of us, isn't it? Like stress and worry and anxiety, doesn't that get in the way of happiness for so many of us? And so we're going to just go right at it this morning. Learning number one, stress in life will steal our joy, right? Isn't it so true that it's difficult to be happy when we're constantly stressed out? And I know not all stress is bad stress. There's some things that are good that will help you grow and get stronger as a person. But a lot of times stress gets in the way of the life that we want to live, being worried all the time about the things that can happen or, or maybe the things that have happened or, or maybe it's an external circumstance that is stressing and worrying us in life. You know, many of us go through seasons of life where we do have a lot of worry. Maybe that's because of someone around us who's gotten sick or passed away. Maybe that's a relationship thing. Maybe it's a divorce that you've gone through. Maybe that's, you know, with your job, your career, and, and you're just really not sure where to go and what to do, and you're struggling, and, and you're worried about things all the time. Maybe it's with children. Maybe you're worried and stressed out because you want to have kids, you can't, or you do have them, and you don't know what to do to raise them, and, and it just becomes this big ball of anxiety all the time that prevents you from even thinking about being happy in your life. You know, I think when we talk about worry and stress, we could, we could probably break it down into two different groups. 
Because there's one type of stress that most of us, if not all of us, deal with on a regular basis, and, and it's a pretty situational worry and stress. You know, we, we experience it from time to time. Maybe that's we've got a big presentation coming up or a big meeting at work, or, you know, maybe we've got to have a really hard conversation with someone that we really don't want to, but we have to, and, and so we're worried about it. Or, or maybe you're, you know, you're watching your favorite television show and you're just really worried about what's going to happen next. Like, you're stressed out about who's going to get the final rose at the end, right? Anyone, you know, you know what I'm talking about, guys? <laughs> Right? But that kind of stress isn't necessarily the type of stress that we need to address, that we need to fix in our life that gets in the way of being happy the way that God created us to be. The type of stress, though, that does goes a step further. Right? And, and that's the type of worry and anxiety and stress that occupies our life, that brings a lot of disorder and chaos to our lives where we constantly feel like we're, you know, you know that feeling where you, you always feel like you're late, right? You always feel like you're rushed. You always feel like there's something to do. I've got to go somewhere. I've got to do something. I've always got something ahead of me. And, and it, really, it really occupies your mind space and, and it really, you know, becomes chaotic, your life does, right? Where you think at any moment I could just fall apart and everything could fall apart in my life. You know, if there's a hundred things that could happen in this situation, 99 of them are good, one of them are bad, we focus on that one. Like that type of stress, that type of worry. And again, it can be any different area of life. It could be with your relationships where you're just worried about what's gonna happen with you and your spouse, or maybe it could be something where you're super worried about because you don't have a spouse and you don't have anyone and you're worried that you never will. Or maybe it's with your career. You're wondering, is this going to be what I have to do for the rest of my life? Or am I ever going to find something to do with my life? Maybe it's with your family and, and with children. Again, maybe it's something you're not sure what to do or how to do it. But there's things in life that we experience that truly do become barriers and get in the way of the happiness and joy that God promises us in the scripture. And so what we've been doing is through this letter, we've been reading through it together and looking at the different ways that God gives us to help battle those things that stand in the way of happiness. And so we, where we pick up today in the chap fourth chapter, we see what Paul addresses with the worry and the stress that many of us experience in life. And here's what he says in verse six. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So right at the beginning, Paul says what, what's obvious, right? You know, it's almost like he's saying, hey, listen, are you worried? Are you stressed? Are you anxious? Well, then just stop. Like, like, okay, right? That's all we got to do. I wish I would have thought of that. If I could just turn it off like a switch, that would be so nice. But that's not how it works, right? Anyone who stresses out and worries a lot, you know you can't just say, all right, I got to be done being stressed out, and then it goes away, right? It, it follows us. It, it occupies our minds. It chases us behind us and, and really takes over a lot of the areas in our lives. But what I think if we break this down, what we see is Paul's giving us this uh, kind of like a progression as to what we can do in order to get rid of the worry and stress in our life. Because he does this a lot. What he does is he'll give us a command. So he'll tell us to do something. And then right after that command, he'll give us the instruction of how to do it. Right? So here's what you should do. And, and here's how you should do it. But then he follows it with a promise and tells you, here's what will happen if you actually do 
what I've told you to do. And so the command here is to stop worrying and to start praying. Okay, and so the instruction that he gives is tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. So what we learn and what we can see from the scripture is when we're worried, when we're stressed in life, the first thing we need to do is turn to God. And so that's learning number two, if you want to fill this in. When I'm worried and stressed, the first place I need to go is to God. Now, I know I just gave you the Sunday school answer, right? Like, what's, what's the, it's Jesus, it's the answer to everything, right? Just, you know, turn it over to God and, and go to God. And I know that's simple and I know that's elementary for a lot of us because, you know, we've heard that over and over again, but, but that's something we can't forget, is that the first place we need to go to is God. You know, we need to bring God the worries and stresses in our lives. More often than not, especially if you've been a Christian for a pretty long time, and I know not everyone here is a Christian or not everyone watching has made that decision, but for those who have, you know that the longer you've been a believer, the harder it is to remember some of those basic principles that got you where you are today. And a lot of times that, that falls to the wayside and God becomes our last resort when we have to deal with those worries in life. You know, we try to, if you're like me, you try to fix it on your own first. You try to deal with it on your own. And, and then you'll be laying there in, at bed and, and, and at night and, and you're like, man, I, I don't even think I've ever brought this to God yet. I don't think I've asked him for help and brought my worries and brought my stresses to him yet. But that's what we can't forget. That's where we need to start. You know, the, the truth that we see all throughout scripture is that God cares about the things that we worry about. Like, do you ever think about that? Like that God actually cares about the things that you care about. God cares about the things that stress you out. God cares about the things that worry you and cause you anxiety. But he wants you to give it over to him. He wants you to bring it to him and lay it at his feet so he can carry that burden for you. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. It says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food? in your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Like, I think Jesus, he's being funny here. And he's like, look at the birds. Like, they're basically just like rats with wings. <laughs> right? Like, they're, I mean, they're birds, right? And he's like, I take care of them. <laughs> I feed them. I make sure they have enough to survive. I give them somewhere to live. And, and he says, don't I love you more than the birds? Don't, don't I care about you more than them? He's saying, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to be there for you when you need me most. I'm going to be there when you don't even think you need me because that's just who I am. And so when we deal with worry and we deal with the stress in our lives, the first thing we need to do is to bring it to God. And I know, again, that's easier said than done. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that we forget it. And it's not that we forget it intentionally. We don't do it on purpose. It's just the way we're busy with life and things are going on all around us where we realize, man, we haven't even asked God for help with this. But the first thing we need to do is to bring it to God. We need to lay it before his feet and have him carry that burden for us. And, and what we see in the scripture, it's not this crazy process of how we do that. Right, it's simple. And Paul gives us a couple ways that we can do this. He leaves it as an example. He says, just, just ask God for what you need. Start by asking God for what you need. If there's something you need in your life, ask God for it. 
kind of the same principle as a lot of us, myself included, we forget to actually ask God for the things that we want. And the reason why we don't have it might be because we never truly asked him for it. Here's what James chapter 4 verse 2 says. You don't have what you, what you want because you don't ask God for it. Isn't that crazy to think about? The things that we want sometimes, we, we can get worried about them or stressed out about them and we go so long without even asking God for it. My kids, they do this to me all the time. <laughs> uh, especially my two-year-old, Rylan. And, you know, when he wakes up in the morning, he's just, he's all about breakfast. I mean, he wants breakfast, he wants to eat, he's hungry. And, uh, and when me and my wife first had kids, we were like, we're going to give him like the healthy cereal, you know, like the ones without sugar. And then they discovered their cereal with marshmallows in it. And that was like game over. You know, they put them on the bottom shelf for those kids to see right away. And so they, they love cereal. My boys love cereal. So Rylan gets up in the morning sometimes and he wants cereal. So, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I get a bowl out and then he picks the cereal he wants. And so I tell him, go to the table. Cause like, he's a mess, right? There's milk, there's cereal everywhere when he eats. So I say, go to the table, sit in your seat and I'll, I'll pour you some cereal. Okay. And so he's very excited, you know, you know, smile from ear to ear. He can't wait to get the cereal in his belly. And so I'm pouring the cereal and then I get the milk out and I pour the milk and I bring it over to his seat. And I'm like, here you go. And then here's what he does. I don't want it anymore. And I'm like, what happened in the last 30 seconds that made you not want it? And he says, I wanted to pour it. And I'm like, okay, well, you didn't tell me this. And so what he'll do is he'll push the bowl. He'll get so mad. Milk will fly everywhere. And it'll just be this like whole breakdown that we have in the mornings. And it's like six o'clock. So that's how our day starts off almost every single day. But I'm like, buddy, you got to tell me that you want it or else daddy doesn't know. And that's something he's learning as a little kid, that he's got to tell us what he wants or else we don't know what he wants. And I think that's a lot of times the way our relationship with God can go. Not that God doesn't know because God knows everything, but part of our relationship with God is bringing our worries and stresses to him, the things that we want, the things that we're asking for, and lay them down and say, God, here's what I want. Here's what I'm asking for you. Here's what, what I really want to happen. Or here's what I really don't want to happen in life. And so we bring those before God and tell him what we need. And then the second part is not only do we tell him what we need, but thank him for all he's done. Right? We, we tell him what we want. Right? We lay those requests before his feet and say, here's what I want. And then we thank him for what we need. And it's hard. Again, it's hard to do because there's a lot going on in life. And I think a lot of times we don't do this is, is because sometimes we don't maybe think God cares about certain things. You know, I've had conversations with many of you here who've gone to churches when you were younger, and maybe that's why you stopped going to churches, because your perception of God is that he just doesn't care about small things in your life. He's only focused on the big things. I've had people tell me that they had a pastor before who told them that, that treating God like a Santa Claus or a Christmas list is, is, is pretty similar. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's true. And he's like, you don't ask for toothpaste from Santa, right? That just comes in your stocking. You don't ask him for the little stuff. You ask him for the big stuff. And I'm like, I don't think that's the way it works. I don't think that's the heart of God because when I read through the scripture, what I see is God cares about everything. God cares about the big things, but he also cares about the little things. But a lot of times we're convinced that, you know, my problems are small, my, my things that I want, the things that worry me don't worry everyone else. And so God's not interested. But here's the heart of God in Romans chapter 8. It says, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us, 
won't he also give us everything else? Like God gave up his son for each one of us because he loved us. That's the heart of the father. And isn't it the heart of every parent to give their kid everything, give them the world? No, we don't do that because it turns them into psychopaths, right? <laughs> right, but isn't it what we want to do? Like, don't you want to give your kid everything you can? Even if you can't afford something or you can't do something, you want to give them whatever that is. That's the heart of God. He wants to give us the things that we need. But sometimes it comes down to us just simply asking him. But then, yeah, the second part, it says in this verse, and then thank him for what he's done. One of the easiest and simplest ways that we can get rid of the worry and stress in life and find true joy is by creating a habit of thanksgiving and creating a mentality of gratitude in our everyday lives. I don't, I don't know about you guys, I get like sucked into these like Facebook and TikTok videos all the time. Like, like you just keep scrolling up and you're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Oh my gosh, this is even crazier. Do you see this? Like, like I get, like I'm like so far down that suggested news feed. It's like, 2,000 views. That's all who's watched it. Okay, and so the other day, I'm watching this video. It was about a week and a half ago. And, and so my kids, they love these, like, experiment videos. And so all of my suggested videos are, like, magicians and, you know, science projects. And so I get to this video that there's this college who's doing all these experiments on, you know, the, the brain. And so they've got people, like, live people there that are doing something. Then you can real-time see what's going on inside of their, their brains. Right? Like, you'd like that heat map where it's, like, blue, and then you've got, like, red colors, oranges, and yellows to see the activity of the mind. And so I'm watching this video, and, and the, the doctor tells this patient, this guy who's laying on the table, she's like, okay, now start listing off all the things you're thankful for. And so he's like, I'm thankful for my, my health, I'm thankful for my wife, for my kids, and he's going through this for my job, for, for all these things, my dogs. And so you can see like what's going on in his mind where it's like releasing the dopamine and the serotonin and all these crazy things that are creating joy in his life as he's recalling all of the things he's thankful for. And so then the video cuts to another guy who's in the other, other room and, and he's a drug addict. And so they're like, okay, you do your thing as he's, you know, recovering and doing his thing. And so they show a, a, a scan and a picture of his brain too as he's on the drugs. And you can see it's nearly identical, the same patterns that are happening in his brain, causing him joy and happiness that comes from those drugs. And, and so their point is, and I know you're thinking like Facebook video, this probably isn't true at all. And I'm like, I swear this is real. It was on the internet. Um, <laughs> But the point of this video, like this lady gets up after and she's like, you know, we have forgotten how important it is to be grateful as adults. You know, thankfulness has become something that we just tell our kids to do. Like we force them to say thank you with hopes that maybe when they grow up, they'll be grateful in life. But what we realize is as we grow up, we think that's more of like a grade school thing that it's not as important for us to be practicing Thanksgiving. It's kind of cheesy to sit in your room and be like, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for that all the time. But she's saying, this doctor was saying how important it is with the health and the happiness in our lives to be constantly thanking, not, she didn't say God, but I'll say God, thanking God for the things that he's done for us. I think that's why Paul tells us part of getting rid of the stress and anxiety in our lives comes down to not only telling God what we need, but thanking him for all he's done. And the list is pretty long of the things that God has done for us, even if at times you don't feel it. Because here's what happens. We worry about the bad things, don't we? Like, we don't worry about good things, right? Like, no one's sitting on an airplane thinking, 
man, I'm just stressed out. If this thing makes it there on time in one piece, I'm going to freak out, <laughs> right? No, we're the other way. We're like, this thing's going down. Like, I don't, I'm going to get there late. The plane's coming. No, no, it's not on time. I'm not going to get there on time. I'm going to be late. And, and so we're worried about all the bad things that can happen. We're never worried about the good things that can happen. But when we start practicing Thanksgiving, here's what happens. It actually reverses and changes the way we think. Instead of immediately thinking of all the bad things that can happen, when we live in the life, in in the mentality of thankfulness, what we'll start doing is remembering all of the good things that God has done for us and the ways he's come through for us in the past. And what it'll do is it'll change the way we think about the present and the future. We'll start remembering, oh, God did that for me then. He can do it again. Or God has taken care of me in the past. Why do I think he'll just stop and give up now? And so it's this, this idea of, of thinking about the things that God has done, remembering those things and expressing those things to God. Thank you for this. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for coming through. Thank you for, for providing this for me in my life. And it changes the way we think and gets rid of that worry and the stress that we experience in life. And so he says, think about what, is, what you're thankful for. And then here's the promise, right? He's got the command. Don't worry about anything and said, pray about everything. The instruction, tell God what you need, thank him for all he's done, and then here's the promise. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. So the result of bringing our needs before God and thanking him for what he's done is God's peace. The peace that only God can give. The unexplainable peace in our lives and moments and things we go through, the circumstances we go through where we think, I should not be at peace right now, but for some reason, I am. That's the promise we have, to get beyond that stress, to get beyond that anxiety and worry in life. And then here's how he continues in verse 8. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and then the peace of God will be with you. Again, the peace of God will be with you. You do these things. You live this way. You follow these instructions and change your life in this way, the way God has intended it. You will find peace. So he starts listing off all these things, right? The things that really go into our minds. He's saying it's really important to realize that too, that the things that we allow our minds to be consumed with will eventually consume us. And so that's learning number three. What we let occupy our minds will eventually occupy us. Paul is saying here, there are things that you let in your mind that destroy you. The thoughts that you're thinking, the the roads that you let your mind go down when you're worrying and when you're stressed out. Like anyone who deals with stress and anxiety, you know your mind goes immediately to the worst possible thing. Paul is saying we need to fill that back up with the good things, the godly things, the things that he's instructed us to. Isn't it a rule of life when you think about something for long enough, it's really hard to stop thinking about it? It's like that pink elephant, like, all right, try to stop thinking about the pink elephant and you just can't because that's all you can think about. What's the only way to stop thinking about those things? Is to fill it back up with something else, to divert your attention from where it's at to something else. And so here's the list that he gives us. He says, think about the things that are true. I mean, the truth in life, that's so important to be filling up our minds with truth. You know, don't we live in such a fake world though? Isn't it so hard to tell what's true, what's not, what's real, what's not? I mean, life has in some ways become just one giant filter where it's really hard to tell what's genuine and what's not. 
I mean, what news is right, what news is wrong, what people actually look like, or is that just a filter on their phones, right? Like, we don't know. <laughs> but, but he's saying, fill it up with truth. Fill it up with things that are real and that are true in life. He says, think about things that are noble. Another way of this is thinking about honorable things, thinking about things that are worth your mind space, your head space, the things that go through your mind on a regular basis. He says, think of things that are right, about justice, I mean, isn't it just infuriating when you turn on the news sometimes or you see something happen to someone and you know it's not fair? Like, doesn't it just bother you so much where it worries you out and stresses you out to the point where, like, you can't even think about being happy because something happened to someone that, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't have happened? Now, I'm not saying turn your, your brain off to injustice because I think that we have a responsibility to, to help provide justice for people who, who can't, especially if we have the means to do it. But a lot of times we're just filling our minds with, with garbage and watching things that have nothing to do with us, but it, but it stresses us out and worries us to a point where it takes away our happiness. He's saying, think of things that are pure, right? And this goes down to just morality. Now, I'm not going to be the Christian police this morning and tell you what you should and shouldn't be watching or should and shouldn't be doing with your time. I think that's each, is, each of our responsibilities because we're adults. But we've got to be pretty careful about what we let inside here, what we're watching, where we let our eyes go, where we let our minds go. He says, think about things that are lovely, right? That, that think about things that are kind. Surround yourself with people who are kind and, and patient and loving. Be that type of person. He says, think about things that are admirable. And then he says, think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. And you see what Paul's doing here? He's saying, when you're stressed out, when you're worried, when you've got anxiety in your life, take your mind off all of that stuff and fill it back up with the things of God, the, the things that have loved, the things that God's provided, the things that God can do, the things that God tells us is so important. Because if we keep letting those things occupy our mind, eventually that will occupy us. And that goes for good and bad, Right? When we fill up our mind with trash, it, it's really hard to live a, a happy life. But when we fill it up with the things of God, the things that are true, the things that are real, doesn't life just get a little more sweet? Doesn't life get a little simpler when we notice the things around us that are good, the good news? So then what he does here is he closes out this section in chapter 4, verse 10. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. And I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. And then here's the big part. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or living in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So Paul is saying this. You want to know my secret? You want to know how come I have so much joy? You want to know why I've, I've got no worries and, and stresses in my life at this point? Here's the secret, contentment. I've learned how to be content. And so it's learning number four. The secret to having true joy is learning how to be content. You know, Paul, when he talks about contentment, he says he, he learned it. It's not that it just came natural to him. It doesn't come natural to any of us, but he learned it through the seasons of life. And he says, there's been seasons that I've had nothing and I've learned how to be content when I've got nothing. 
But then I've also had seasons of my life where I've had everything. And I've learned how to be content even in those moments where I've had everything, every need met and every desire I've had has been fulfilled. He says, no matter what's going on in life, which means it's independent of external circumstances, he's learned how to be content with what God has given to him in that moment in time. The big secret to happiness and joy is contentment. And that's the message that we have this morning. And, and what we have, the, the battle we have of following and learning how to be content in our lives as we go throughout life just like him. And so how do we do that? How do we be content? How do we learn how to be content in our lives? And it's not easy, but I'm going to give you a couple things that you can apply to your life immediately that will help you do this on the journey you're on. So here's the first one. And these aren't in your notes, but you can just, you know, if any of them you like them, you can write them down. But, but focus on what you have, not on what you don't. Right off the bat, focusing on the things you have, not on what you don't. One of the greatest sources of discontentment in life is comparing yourself to someone else. Maybe that's another marriage. Maybe that's another someone, a neighbor, someone who's got a different career than you. And it's really easy to look around and say, they've got this. That's why they're happy. Wow, he's got that job. That must be why they've got so much joy. Or she's got all of these things going on in her life. Maybe that's why she's happy. And so we look at other people and we say, man, I need that. I want that. And if I have that, I bet you that will make me happy. And what we see from Paul is he's saying that's not how it works. Contentment comes whether you have a lot or whether you have nothing. And so we need to learn and, and understand how we can focus on what we have and what we don't. Because it really robs us of joy when we think if I just got there or if I just got this, then it would make me happier. Because most of us who've done that and gone on those journeys to get whatever we wanted to get, we know it's not true. We eventually end up in the exact same place wanting more of something else. Here's the next thing. Pursue things that have real meaning. Think about this. What are you pursuing in life? Not just what you do, not just what your job is, but what are you pursuing in your life? What's the direction of your life right now? Like, what do you want to accomplish in your life? And, and does what you want to accomplish, does it have any meaning? You know, one of the things that the Bible talks a lot about in the Psalms and in some of the wisdom books and the Proverbs talk a lot about you know, how important it is to be chasing after things that are real, ch chasing after things that have meaning and purpose and things that'll make a difference. Because here's what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse six, and yet better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. What he's saying here is this, we've got to be really careful and diligent about what direction our lives are going in, lest we get to the end of it and realize we've got a handful of nothing, a handful of wind, he calls it. See, a lot of us, and I know I get caught in this trap all the time, is many of us pursue more of what we already have. Maybe that's more money. Maybe that's, uh, you know, a better job. Maybe that's more attention. Maybe that's more, you know, you could fill in the blank, whatever it is. And many of us end up in the exact same place where we started. And we look back. Like, one of the most frustrating things for me as a human being is looking back at seasons of my life in, in the past, whether that's months or years, and being in the exact same place as I was before or worse, right? But, but the, the scripture, what we see is saying is pursue things with meaning, pursue things that matter. And, and that will teach you and show you how to be content with what you have because you won't be just going after whatever the new flavor of the week is. You'll have a mission, you'll have a purpose and meaning in your life. And here's the third thing, and we'll close with this. Become dependent on Jesus. 
probably the hardest thing, but where we need to start, each one of us, no matter where we're coming from, no matter whether we've been Christians for years or we have no idea what it means to follow Christ, we need to learn how to be dependent on Jesus. We live in a life of amenities, where we live in at least. And it's hard to depend on Jesus because we've got so many other things that we can depend on, can't we? I mean, I, even this past week, I was like, what do I really need to depend on God for? Like, like practically, what are the things I need to depend on God for in life? And it's sometimes hard to come up with that list because we've got so many other things taken care of for us that we forget that our dependency needs to come from God. Paul says this, he says, I can do all things through who? Through Christ. Not through myself, not through my abilities, not through my talents, not what I'm good at, not through my money. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. We need to learn how to become dependent on God. And sometimes that's as simple as saying, God, I don't know what I'm going to do with this in my life. Maybe that's a relationship. Maybe that's a job. Maybe that's with kids. Maybe that's with your grades or school or whatever that is in your life. But sometimes it's as simple as just handing it over to God and saying, I worry about this every day. It feels like every moment of my life, it's occupying my time and occupying my headspace. God, I'm handing it over to you. And say, you do with it whatever you want. I'm done worrying about it. I'll let you worry about it. The Bible says, bring our burdens to him so he can carry them and lift the weight off of our shoulders. And what does it say? He'll give us rest. We need to depend on God. Here's what it says in Job 22. Submit to God and be at peace with him. And this way, prosperity will come to you. That's his promise. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we know that this stuff is hard and, and sometimes it's simple, but it can be difficult actually living it out, Lord, getting rid of the worries and anxieties and the things that stress us out so often. Lord, I pray for each person here that you would teach them, myself included, teach us how to be more thankful. God, how to practice thankfulness and gratitude in every season of life to thank you in the moments where it feels like you've given us much but also thank you in the moments where it feels like we haven't gotten it. Lord, help us to, to trust you. Help us to bring the worries and the stress of our lives to your feet, to your throne, and help us to hand those things over to you. God, for those of us who've been following you for a long time, remind us what it means to have that simple faith where we ask you for the things we need where we come to you first before anywhere else. God, for those of us here, or those people here who maybe don't have a relationship with you and, and maybe you're here and you're like, I, I, I have a lot of things stressing me out. I got a lot of things worrying me and I, I don't feel like I can bring those things to God because I just don't know God. That can be just as simple as, as a simple prayer this morning, asking God to come into your life. It doesn't have to be anything scripted or anything that, you know, sounds good. It could be as simple as, God, I need you. God, come into my life. Take the worries and the stresses and the things that bother me and give me anxiety and give me rest. Lord, help us to grow. Help us to keep finding and fighting for the joy that the Bible says we can have through you, through your son. And God, help us to remember to embrace you each and every single day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hey guys, thanks so much for being here with us today, for streaming with us online. We really do appreciate it. 
You can go ahead and finish filling out those connection cards on your phone or tablet. And that's just a way for you to connect with us. If there's something you need, please let us know. We're here for you. We want to help you. Uh, we also have groups that are signed. We have signups for groups right now. And so if you're like, I want to get connected with people, maybe you're new to the area or you just don't really have many meaningful relationships, this is a really easy way to meet people and to find other people who are in the same situation as you are. And so go to our website. You can go on that app and look at all the different groups that we have available and really maybe something that catches your eye. You can pick it, sign up for it, and have a couple weeks where you meet some new people and grow in your faith. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Enjoy this weather. I think it's going to be done raining for now. And I hope you join us next week. Thank you.